And welcome back to the human side of healthcare. Steve Love and Thomas Miller here. And today we're going to talk about a topic some of our listeners may not know about, but it's very interesting and it's very informative. We have on our show today Mr. Matt Dufresne, who is Vice President of North Texas Healthy Communities. It's an initiative by Texas Health Resources to impact North Texas communities. In other words, they're going outside the walls of their hospitals to reach into the community. Matt oversees the Blue Zones Project, which is an effort to implement practices and policies that support longer, better lives. Matt, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. You know, many people in the community, many of our listeners, many of the people that will hear this on our podcast may not know exactly what Blue Zones projects are. Can you elaborate a little bit? And then how did it come to Fort Worth? Well, I'd love to share more about that. Well, first of all, Blue Zones Project is a community-wide health and well-being initiative, and it's really focused on making healthy choices easier in all the places, what we like to say, live, learn, work, and play, so the places that we spend the majority of our time. And it's based on the original Blue Zones, and these are places in the world where people live much longer lives and, I think notably, also much lower rates of chronic disease. Um, so studies tell us that um, our health and well-being, our longevity is determined basically about 20 to 25 percent by genetics. So that means that the other 75 to 80 percent is really determined by our environment, the behaviors, our socioeconomic factors. So the bad news is that we can't change that 25 percent. But the good news is that we can change that other 75 percent. So Blue Zones Project focuses on changing that 75% by taking lessons learned from those Blue Zones, these places where people live much longer, healthier lives, and we apply those same principles in our local community. And really what we try to do is focus on changing the environment around us to better support those behaviors. So what we know is most people spend about 80% of their time in the same places. Think about your day as you're uh, waking up, going to, to work, your kids are going to school perhaps. You go to the same restaurants, you sort of go to the same grocery stores. So our approach is how do we change those environments to better support behaviors? So to that end, we implement those evidence-based best practices in work sites, schools, restaurants, grocery stores, neighborhoods, and even faith communities. And again, it's all about changing the environment in a positive way where people are spending their time. And Blue Zones Project came to Fort Worth in 2014, really through a collaboration of Texas Health Resources, um, the city of Fort Worth, and the Fort Worth Chamber of Commerce, and of course, many other partners and funders. But it's really about collective impact, cross-sector collaboration, and this whole idea of public-private partnerships. And we now have 350 approved organizations and many other organizations that we've worked with over the last six years now. You know, that's terrific. And you are so correct in making a positive impact on the community. And I know that firsthand, and I'll tell you why. Fort Worth was the largest city in Texas that did not have a comprehensive smoke-free ordinance. And because a lot of the work done by Blue Zones and a lot of the leadership of Mayor Betsy Price, Fort Worth last year became comprehensive smoke-free. And I know that's an integral part of Blue Zones. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. And we, we certainly played a major role in that. And I'll just add to that, that uh, you're exactly right, that we went from being the largest city in Texas, 
not to have a comprehensive ordinance, but to becoming one of the first that really led the charge of in, including e-cigs in terms of that, that comprehensive ordinance. So I think Fort Worth has certainly changed its perspective on coming from you know behind in terms of health and well-being to really now being a leader. And other communities are seeing us as a model of what can be done when a community collaborates together between healthcare systems, community leaders, elected officials to really say, we're going to take a stand and improve the health and well-being of our community. You know, if our listeners that may not know a lot about Blue Zones, you're the only city in Texas that's Blue Zones, correct? We are. We are uh, very proud of the distinction that in 2018, not only have we been working to become a Blue Zones community, but we were became a certified Blue Zones community in 2018. That was really a recognition, not only of this broad impact that we've had, but also noticeable improvements to our health and well-being. Um, and, and really, that's um, a measure of the Gallup um, National Health and Well-Being Index Survey that tells us objectively we're making, a, making great strides in terms of improving the health of our citizens, our residents, and everyone that lives lives, works, and plays in our, in our community. For many of our listeners, when they hear you describe how you're improving uh, the community, the health of the community, and the name of the show is the human side of healthcare, so we really want to focus on that. But to the people that say, okay, Matt, you've been at this since 2014, what kind of outcomes? Have you really moved the needle? Well, I'm always excited to talk about that because I think we've made some great strides. But let me start about where we've come from. Um, we've annually conducted, again, this Gallup National Health and Wellbeing Index. So we are able to compare ourselves against our historical selves, but also against the nation and against other large metro areas. Um, in 2013, our baseline survey uh, revealed a dubious distinction for Fort Worth. Um, that 2013 data showed that Fort Worth's um, well-being score placed us at almost the very bottom of large metro areas. And when I say the very bottom, I mean 185th out of 190. Um, So not the place that we wanted to be. And let me just add that there is a real cost to poor health. There's a cost to individuals. There's a cost to businesses, healthcare systems, insurers, taxpayers. There's a cost to all of us when our community is not well. But four years later, um, our city's rank increased from 185th to then 58th place. And then most recently in 2019, our well-being score tied Fort Worth for 31st place among large metro areas. So firmly in the top 20% and um, on par with the Austin Round Rock um, uh, well-being score as well. So again, tremendous improvements to uh, health and well-being in that time frame. The outcomes you gave are just tremendous there. I mean, that's significant in a four- or five-year period, significant. So as we talk about this, can we drill down a little bit and expand a little more on some of the initiatives and how would these initiatives reach some of the people in our listening audience? Well, I'll share a couple of stories because I think that's where this becomes real. Again, Blue Zones Project is a community-wide health and well-being initiative. But at the end of the day, we are impacting our residents um, and our communities as a whole, but also individuals. Um, I always like to share the story of Roxanne, Roxanne Martinez and the work that we're doing in Diamond Hill, a neighborhood in Fort Worth. And what you've seen happen over the course of this time frame is parents are now walking instead of sitting in a chair while their kids are doing their athletic exercises. During the practices, the students are drinking water. They're having healthy snacks like fruit rather than some of the snacks that they had before. Residents and the seniors are actually doing walking groups at the senior center. Um, And we just 
piloted one of our healthy fruit carts at this same location. So rather than kids going and buying candy and um, ice cream from a mobile cart, they're now buying fresh fruit. Those are real and lasting changes. But again, that's where it really gets real for an individual, the kids, families in that neighborhood. You know, you mentioned at the outset of this and when, when it really began, you had the support of the city, the Chamber of Commerce, and Texas Health Resources. So now that you're certified and up and running, what roles do they play in your initiatives? Well, Texas Health has always played such a tremendous role um, as the lead sponsor throughout the project. Um, But I always want to note that this is, again, collective impact, broad community support. So we've always had the support of many other partners, sponsors, and that's from corporations, foundations, even other healthcare systems. Um, But as you mentioned, in 2019, we we became, um, became fully under the umbrella of Texas Health Resources. But we're still very much a community-led initiative. So we, we have a local steering committee made up of community leaders and stakeholders. And this really is a, a, a process and, and a um, project that the whole community has supported, um, not only in the past, but still now and going into the future. Um, and I just want to note again that this is really um, going upstream to change the health and well-being and trajectory of our community. And I'll say to do that kind of work, it takes the whole community to to really wrap their arms around that effort to make it happen. You know, it really does take a village, as, as you say. But, you know, as I've looked at some of the work you've done, and this is true in many, many cities, you do great programs and good initiatives, but sometimes you have to drill down even by zip code. Do you actually look at zip codes and where you move things or move your focus or move initiatives so that you can broaden your overall reach? That's a great question. And remember, as we talked about earlier, um, that 75% of the things that determine our health and well-being are the environment we live in, um, socioeconomic factors, and, and of course, our behaviors. So to the point about zip codes, we know we have to really look at that zip code level data to change the trajectory of our community. Um, In this phase of our work, we were able to really glean a lot of information from our past work, our experiences, but also using even data from Texas Health Resources through our community health needs assessment, data through the city of Fort Worth, and of course, the input from our local leaders to determine that we certainly want to maintain all the work that we've done. But in this part of our work, we're really focused on narrowing our focus into some very targeted areas. So your point is right on. We are really focusing on three geographic areas in Fort Worth, um, areas of high need, but really thinking about how do we make an impact in those areas while still continuing to make this broad impact in the community. And so we're excited about this phase of our work that we're really able to narrow down and apply those same principles of Blue Zones, but now to a very targeted geographic area. You know, Matt, you brought up some excellent points, and as I was listening to your response, I think it's important to reiterate something you said for our listeners. Those of us in healthcare know this, but what did 75% come from that affects your health? Well, again, that 75% is really about the environment that we live in, so the world around us, our homes, our neighborhoods, sidewalks, all of that socioeconomic factors. Do we have access to food? Do we have access to um, resources to even um, doctor's visits? And then also our behaviors. Obviously, that's a big portion of it too. But how we live our life, those things comprise 75% of what will determine our health and our longevity. 
You know, that's so important. And in healthcare, we refer to that as the social drivers of health. You know, this is just a tremendous program. And uh, to the city of uh, Fort Worth and to the health of the community, this is just one of those initiatives that everyone can understand and appreciate. Thank you, Matt, for being with us, and thank you for improving the health of our community. And now this is the bonus section. We're going to continue the conversation with Matt here that we didn't get on the air. So, Matt, we're going to talk about some more. Steve, I think you have another question to kick this off. Yeah, you know, we talked a little bit about policy, and we talked about combustible smoke products and even vaporing that you do. But what about other policy work, maybe food, food insecurity? Can you elaborate? I'd love to. Um, for the, our listeners, just to let them know, we've, we have done a lot, an extensive amount of policy work at the local level, focused on the built environment, on tobacco, um, and on food access. Um, and what we're able to do now in this phase of our work is really take that to the next level. Um, so give you a couple of examples of that. Um, when we were talking about residents in our community, who are suffering from food insecurity or don't even have the means for for food or access to food. Okay, now hold on. Food insecurity. Not familiar with that term. What does that mean? Food insecurity is this broad term for, so there's a a number of factors that can make a person food insecure. Either they don't have access because there's not a, let's say, a grocery store in their neighborhood, they don't have transportation, or affordability. And, And there's kind of this overlapping of a lot of those things, but food insecurity is this broad term where where residents in our community don't have access or the means to get the basic necessities that all of us um, need, i.e. food. Perfect. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, just wanted to clarify that. I'm glad that you did. Um, So food access is one of those areas that we know impacts our residents' overall health. And I also want to make the note that we have many in our communities who are simply hungry as well. So um, when we look at this um, as a challenge, what we easily determine is we didn't arrive at this in a short time frame. This is a decades-long challenge that we faced, and we've arrived at these um, challenges now today because of decades of um, policies or lack thereof. So part of our work is working very closely in connection and conjunction with the city of Fort Worth and many other partners to think about how do we change this food system. Um, you know, we simply can't build enough grocery stores to meet the needs of all of our residents. And that technology is changing that landscape even, even there. But what we're looking at is how do we get food into the local communities? So um, in the, this past fall, we launched the first of what we call our healthy food pantries. Um, a lot of schools have uh, school pantries, but the, the slant to this is that about 50% of the items in those pantries now are produce. So fresh fruits and vegetables now available to these um, families of these children in the schools. And that, again, that was the first for Fort Worth ISD to have a healthy school pantry. We now have a second and more of those to come. And that's just one example. We also recently piloted with the city of Fort Worth a healthy uh, produce cart where um, an individual um, produce cart owner can sell cut fruits and vegetables. And again, we work very closely in conjunction with the city health department and others to pilot this program. We know there's a demand, but we had to 
pilot it to show that there is really a truly a demand for that. We launched that and then quickly that expanded to six additional carts, and we're looking to expand that more. And those are just a couple of examples. Um, We're also working very closely with farmers markets. When we think about the landscape of why farmers don't have additional markets in neighborhoods, there's a lot of reasons for that, some of which are city-level policies. And so, again, working with city leaders to change the policies that make it easier for farmers markets to now be available in the local communities. So, again, that's just a snapshot of some of those things. But all those things fit together and are interrelated, and we're thinking um, long-term that that will help to make an impact on food um, access and affordability for our community. You know, Matt, what you say is so true. And Thomas asked a great question, what is food insecurity? You know, a lot of the listeners may not know. I was talking to the president of some local community colleges. I was talking to the president and chancellor of four-year colleges here in the DFW area, They have food pantries. They actually have food pantries because their college-aged students have food insecurity. That is amazing. The work you're doing is just tremendous. And, you know, we hear that same comment with our public schools as well. Um, What we know is students can't learn in the classroom if they're hungry. And especially, again, where the Blue Zones Project world comes in is we want everyone to have access to, to whole produce, to fruits and vegetables, um, and again, from a healthcare standpoint, we know that, that um, the lack of healthy foods also contributes to uh, poor health. So this is really a, a community-wide challenge. This goes far beyond the city limits of Fort Worth. This is a regional challenge for all of us, and it's something that, um, that many families can identify with, and it's something we've got to continue to uh, find ways to make uh, advances in this area. Blue Zones got my attention from the very first time I became aware of it, right? How do you geographically locate to some place that might extend your life? That's a cool concept. So what were some of the tipping points that got Fort Worth this designation? Part of the approach of Blue Zones Project is just based on, you kind of alluded to it, this whole tipping point theory. Part of it was just we, in order to really begin to change the landscape of our community, um, it was about getting out and, and engaging with individuals, engaging with work sites, engaging with schools so that the message becomes pervasive throughout the community. So now we have 350 Blue Zones approved organizations in Fort Worth, meaning that they have taken the best practices, implemented them at their organizations. We've partnered with over 500 organizations in some way. We've engaged almost 100,000 people in Fort Worth on an individual level. So the answer to the question about where was the tipping point, and I think we saw that over time, that the more people, the more organizations, the more people that we partnered with is where we began to see traction really take place. So you think about other communities. I'm thinking of Austin, for example. Even right up here, Grapevine you know, is a very active community around the lake. Do you see this expanding to other Texas communities? Is this kind of like the spark? We we have a, a lot of interest um, on a regular basis from other communities. And I think Fort Worth has now is now on the map when it comes to health and well-being. Um, and I'm certain that whether it be through Blue Zones Project or other similar initiatives, that every community can advance the well-being of their community. It just takes, again, the, um, the, the elements of a community focusing together and making it a priority to really make a headway. So, again, whether it's through Blue Zones Project or other local initiatives, I know communities can do that same work. You know, Thomas, that's a good point. I know the mayor in Capel 
has really got to focus on health as well. And I think they actually have a little slogan, live well in Capel. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, you could imagine that um, once a city gets such a predominant distinction. That's the only city in the state of Texas. Think about that. 25 million people. And you're the only one that has achieved this. And I would imagine that it's from a spark plug like you that helps get the job done too. Well, and I would say, um, again, it's it's collective impact. And I never want, I always want to underscore that any one organization can't do this work. It's through many partners, many collaborations, and not to mention the resources that are required to make that happen, but those partnerships and those leaders who are willing to make it a priority. Those are all the necessary ingredients to really uh, move the needle on something like health and well-being of a, an entire community. Now, you obviously get a paycheck for this, but tell us about THR's involvement and commitment to this. Texas Health, um, from the very beginning, again, was a significant driver in bringing uh, Blue Zones Project to Fort Worth. Um, and, and again, we, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but it was really a partnership between Texas Health as a major funder and driver of the work, the city of Fort Worth and the Chamber of Commerce that said, we've got to do something to change the landscape of our community from a health and well-being perspective. So Texas Health has always been the lead sponsor of this work. And I think their commitment is evident in the fact that we are now fully under the Texas Health umbrella. So seeing the significant impact and the work that's been done, seeing the momentum that's happened and knowing that we can, we must not stop that, but that we actually still have additional work that we can do. Again, I think their commitment is evident in the fact that we are now fully under that Texas Health umbrella. Matt, this has been great. Thank you. Very interesting. And congratulations too. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you both for having me today. And I'll just leave the, the listeners with this. Um, uh, you, we talked about this earlier, but I know that communities can do big things when they all work together and especially across sectors. So the private public partnership, collective impact. And I would just um, encourage your viewers to just uh, our listeners to just know that um, communities can accomplish big things when we all work together to, do, to accomplish those goals.